Hey, this is Thomas from Amplify Agile Podcast. We talk about all things on Agile and digital transformation. So, hey, this is Thomas from Amplify Agile. We talk about all things on Agile and digital transformation. Today's topic is capacity management, and I'm so proud to have with me Jeff. Jeff is Director of Agile Practices at Rego Consulting Group. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. I'm glad to be here and talk to the everybody about capacity management. Perfect. Jeff, before we get into the details on HI capacity management, I would like to understand why this is such an important topic. So like what the problem is with the traditional capacity management and why doesn't it fit with the lean modern HI way of working? Yeah, great question. So a lot of times as, as organizations are moving more towards the agile operating model and mindset, they tend to carry along with them some of the um, traditional or project and portfolio management practices with them. And in those traditional worlds, what we tended to do was assign resources to projects. And we call it peanut butter spreading them. So it's 50% of this person on this project, 50% of this person on this project, right? And, um, And we get very granular in what we're doing in that. Um, When we talk about agile capacity management, we want to, um, we realize in agile that that granularity doesn't really provide the the details that we're expecting. And it also creates a lot of administrative overhead. So in an agile world, we don't assign people to projects. We assign people to teams and we bring that work, that project work to those teams. So Um, That way you don't have, you get a team working together and when they work together day in, day day out, they start learning how each other works, right? When you peanut butter spread them across this, they're always working with different people. So that creates a lot of, you know, we're people, we are social beings, social people. And when we work with different people every day, we don't know how to react with those people. So this concept within Agile of creating a team and hopefully long-lived team, these people get to learn how each other work, how they think, how they react to things. And it gives, a, it gives you much more productivity out of your people and your teams. In addition to that, it cuts down on all this granularity. So if you think of a company of a thousand staff resources, you got to assign them to a hundred different projects and they're going to be assigned, as I gave an example, you know, 25% here, 50% here. And that's a lot of overhead work. When you assign people to teams, you've cut that administrative overhead down tenfold because now you just have to take those thousand people and say, assign them to a hundred teams and, and you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as long as you're proceeding toward a path of giving long-lived teams, you don't have to do that with every work item that comes along. Yeah, sounds good. So what would you say, like, what are then the typical roles uh, involved? And so like who assigns uh, the people to teams and then how how does this work? So um, you can, you, you can still utilize the traditional roles of managers, like resource managers, um, but now, because you're 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 
not enforcing so much granularity. You don't need as many people doing this, right? Um, usually in, in a traditional sense, the, the PM of the project is looking for resources that will help them with their project, that have the right skill set, mindset, et cetera. So it's a very arduous task. When you assign people to teams, again, you've lifted all that granularity out of it. And now you can assign people to teams and create these cohesive units. So it's not necessarily a team of just you know, developers or team of testers. What you're going for in Agile is, is a cross-functional team. So it's developers and testers, as an example, working together. When you make those assignments, you're actually pushing some of that domain knowledge down to the team. Before the PM needed to have all the domain knowledge, they need to understand the project and the nuances of the project and the technical skills. When you build that into the team, all a PM needs to do a resource manager is understand how they put teams together. Um, and, a, and a great book for this is called Team Topologies. And, um, and then assign that work to the teams based on more of a team skill set rather than an individual skill set. So again, it 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 relieves the organization of a lot of complexity. Mm -hmm. And how does this relate to capacity management? Like you have a team capacity then, or is it does does how, how does this work with kind of effort estimation and uh, assigning work to teams? Yeah. Um, so, so again, it, it changes, the, the model changes again. So in my previous example, we talked about assigning um, staff to projects. And what we did is we assigned percentages. So let's just take um, this, this, a very simple example. Let's say we, we assign a, a staff member to two projects, so they're 50% on each project. When we do that, we don't realize a side effect of doing that in that when, when you are assigned to do two different things, two different projects, you're switching context and project. So that 50% actually turns out to be a lot less. Usually that task switching is not something that is um, built into your estimation. So your, your allocations in the old world are a somewhat of a misnomer because nobody says, oh, it's 50%, but I have to build in task switching. And in reality, it's probably more like 35 to 40% on each project because you, you haven't built in that task switching. So um, what we do within an agile context is we build these long-lived teams and then we measure how much they get done. So we're anticipating 40% of somebody's time, but that percentage doesn't relate to how much work they can get done with 40 or 50%. We're just allocating a percentage of that person's time. With a team capacity, what we're doing is we're determining how much they get done within a time box. And then we utilize that measurement to say, okay, in future time boxes, if we have this work for that team A, and they normally get so much work done in that time box, we can very easily predict how long it's gonna to take to do future work by using those same metrics and using empirical data in this case. So it actually gives you more of a comfort and more of predictability with your teams because you're relating the output of the team and the team members with how they do the future work rather than just a percentage of an individual's time. Right. 
So based on your experience, what would you recommend then organizations who want to shift towards the lean agile work of capacity management? What I would say is first you you should step back and look and decide what your what we like to call your operating model is going to be. Um, so um, your operating model really indicates the the way you want to manage your business. And I'm not, you know, the agile operating model, I'm not talking Scrum and Kanban, the team level stuff. I'm really talking about how you manage the portfolio. And so um, one of the switches that companies are, are asking of today, and how do we do this, is the mindset that we manage projects is shifted to, we want to manage our products going forward. So um, we, we can, that allows businesses to actually create little mini businesses out of their products and say, what's our return on investment for work if we do work? And how do we bring that back and measure that when we're done with the work? And they can then create um, a roadmap for the products that are profitable for the business, that are, are providing the right solutions. And, and you have a closed loop business model in that case where your product and the plans and the things you're gonna do in the future are tied together. Mm -hmm. Usually in the traditional sense, they're just a series of projects. And while we all have good intentions of standing back after the project's done and, and measuring the return on investment, often everybody's moved on to the next project and we don't get a good measurement in hindsight of did we deliver the value we expected to deliver and we get into a mindset of a delivery organization instead of a mindset of delivering value so if the organization is going to move to an agile operating model where they manage products um, that would be the first step and the second step, again, out of that is, is moving from this mindset of managing projects to managing products. The third step would be, um, if they haven't already done so, um, start establishing those um, scrum teams or agile teams, long-lived teams that work together day in and day out, and get them to a certain level of maturity, because that's the building block for having products. And, and then as the final step, now you can start assigning teams to products instead of individuals to projects. And that closes the loop on that product because now you have a good sense of, okay, how much is it gonna cost us to have team A work on this product? And we can calculate a cost per team and we can apply that to the work that team will do for that product and understand, okay, what is the cost of doing this feature or this capability within the product. And then once we're done with that, we've got the, the um, container set up where, okay, we did that work. What's our return on investment after we've completed that work? Did we get the outcomes that we desired? Is the customer happier with our product? Are they getting more benefit from that product? Great. And can you give like a real example of a customer project where you have helped implementing such a process? Yeah, we worked recently with um, a national US national home improvement chain um, retail store. And they were on this journey that I just described previous to us engaging with them. Um, they wanted to continue that journey. So they, they had already made the shift from projects to products 
Um, and, and I want to step back when I say that that doesn't mean that an organization has to go full products. Um, there is still room in that organization and a need for having projects. There's some things that an organization does with their infrastructure, just keeping the lights on that can be project related and, and maintain that. What we're looking for is, is the, the, um, the ratio of agile versus PPM. So if that ratio is like 80% agile and 20% PPM, that's when your operating model should, should work towards um, more of an agile principle and mindset in what you're doing. And, and then you can still manage your projects the same way you did before. So it's not a whole company shift. So I wanted to take diverge on that because I don't want people to think, oh, we have to go all projects. It, there's mm -hmm. still a, a need for projects within companies. So they had done this and they, they were at a ratio of about 80% products, 20% projects, and they wanted to take the next step. They were still assigning staff to their products and projects, right? Um, and so what we did with target process is we um, established a way that they could assign their staff to teams and then assign the teams to products or projects. Okay. Um, the other thing that comes into play here is timesheeting, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and collecting time. And this is another thing that as you move to the agile world, you're probably going to start asking yourself, do we need timesheets? And, and that's another great, and that's another topic in, its, in and of itself of, of what an organization does. With this particular company, we help them um, reduce some of their timesheeting, but we simplified the, the, the process of doing timesheets because now the system knows that this staff member is on this team that's assigned to this product. So that staff member can only um, be allocated to that product. And, and that's done by the system. And that, that staff member only has to put time in against that one product. So mm -hmm. it simplifies things all around. Good. Yes, this is a very great example. So you're saying like the hybrid way of working, having project and product structure is perfectly fine. Um, I heard you're also talking at the TBM conference. What are you talking about? Yeah, so um, I'm actually, I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm participating in three presentations, or really one is a case study that we did um, with a large insurance company that also made this shift from projects to products. Um, they were looking for a solution that they could manage both of these worlds. And I call it, I call it rather than a hybrid, with, which hybrid kind of connotates that we're mixing and matching traditional mm -hmm. with agile. I call it a dual operating model in that you have products that run under agile and projects that run under traditional and they don't meet. So um, we, what we did is we helped them with a solution that allowed them to manage both of these operating models within the, the same tooling suite. The next, um, uh, co I'm co-presenting on financial best practices in an agile world for the agile enterprise. So we're gonna talk about financial best practices in, in larger enterprises, but I'm gonna overlay how that works with agile. And one of the examples would be as you move into this world is you no longer fund projects, right? In the, in the traditional sense, we would assign resources, people to projects and determine 
how much those resources cost and we'd come up with a budget for the project. In this, uh, in an agile, agile sense, what we do is we, we allocate or uh, budget money for teams and then we bring the work to the teams. And what this does is it simplifies things greatly in that things are always changing in, in, our, in our new world in terms of corporations. Things are moving very fast with technology. And what happens in a project sense is as soon as scope changes on that project or staff changes for that project, what generally happens is you have to go back through the reapproval process because they have to approve that budget. When you fund teams, and things change in terms of the scope, the priorities, you don't have to rebudget anything. That funding for the team is still set. All you have to do is change the backlog of work that team is working on. So that's some of the examples of how agile and the financial world mix together. And then the final uh, presentation we're doing is on how we leverage target process for this dual operating model world, where we can manage our traditional projects alongside of our agile projects within the same tool. Sounds great. I will definitely attend those. So thank you so much, Jeff, for your valuable insights. And thank you, dear participant, for joining us today. We are available as podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So please feel free to like and subscribe and drop us any questions you might have in the comment section. See you in the next one. Thanks for joining us today. We are available as video and podcast anywhere podcast can be found. So feel free to subscribe and follow for updates.